الحمد لله وكفى والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والذين جاهدوا فينا لنهدينهم سبولنا سبحان ربك رب العزة أما يصفون والسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم We live in a time and a place where there's a strong emphasis on freedom. And what I mean here is personal freedom. Meaning a very, very strong premium is placed on this notion that a person should have freedom to choose whatever they would like to do and think whatever they would like to think and believe whatever they would like to believe. And the general principle is that each person can have as much freedom as they desire with the limit that it should not harm another person. Each person can have as much freedom as they desire with the understanding that that freedom should not harm another person. This is kind of the paradigm in which we exist today. Now that sounds wonderful on paper. Of course, human beings have been given the ability to make choices and they should be free to make decisions as they deem worthy based on the options that are present before them. I think everyone can agree on that. That's la ikraha fiddin. There's no compulsion in religion. We also uh, would agree with such a statement. But I think it's also important to recognize that just because something looks good on paper doesn't necessarily mean that it translates to something wonderful practically. Meaning, what, does, what actually is freedom? What does it mean when we say that we're free? And I think, maybe not now, maybe a hundred years from now, maybe two hundred years from now, when people look back at this time, they may say that we spoke highly of freedom, but we didn't appreciate that in the context of freedom, there are many, many circumstances that arise in which we actually end up binding ourselves. Or otherwise stated, we end up becoming servants who claim to be free. And maybe you could even look at it from this perspective, which would be a very valid argument, and that is that in the end, 
everyone is always going to be bound by something. Maybe there isn't necessarily, quote-unquote, this freedom that everybody likes to claim. I'll just give you a few simple examples. So we live in a society in which there's all this freedom. People can let the market manage how transactions occur. People are free to agree or disagree with ideas or principles. But in the end, what ends up happening is that in the context of this freedom or what is apparently freedom, you see that it's leveraged by those who have more against those who have less. For example, I agree that there's a tremendous, or maybe we agree, that there's a tremendous amount of freedom in people being able to choose what they eat. But then the question is, are they really choosing what they eat, or are people really being told what to eat? Meaning, I mean, look at the way that the corporations, right, in this free society that we live in, where everyone can do as they please, the way the corporations make decisions is totally based on driving people according to their emotions in order to maximize their profits. Driving people according to their emotions and desires in order to maximize their profits. You think that the people at McDonald's wake up in the morning thinking about how the population can become the healthiest population that it can be, what's in the best interest of humanity? That is not the intent of the people waking up at McDonald's every morning. The people waking up at McDonald's every morning wake up thinking, how can we maximize shareholder return? How can we maximize shareholder return? And how can we make our business as efficient as possible in order to create the greatest margins? Now, yes, in the context of that, on occasion, they may make decisions that apparently seem to be beneficial for the population, but it's not because they're driven by the goodness of their heart. It's because they're forced to by, the, by certain movements that arise within society. So we call this freedom, but in the end, people have just become enslaved to their desires. Look at the world around us and how decisions are made. Look at, how, look at just how the advertisers decide how they're going to drive the people to make decisions. The advertisers will put, um, you know, uh, very revealing types of images on the screen. They ha advertise their products in a very special way. They always show a family with smiles when they want you to buy orange juice. This is the way by which they create an image. That image may not necessarily be real. They're not interested in reality. They're interested in painting a picture that allows them to be able to sell a product at the maximum profit to the most number of people. So in the end, what ends up happening is that in this circumstance that we find ourselves, people are not free. In fact, actually, people have been enslaved. And what are they enslaved to? They're enslaved to their desires. You think that the people at Facebook wake up every morning thinking how they can elevate humanity and make every human free? No. They're asking a simple question every morning. How can we maximize user engagement on our platform? Which means, how can we keep our, how can we keep our users on eyes, eyeballs on our screen for the maximum number of minutes possible? So essentially, what are they saying? How can we enslave people into our app?
How can we bind them so that they feel that it's necessary? How can we keep their attention? And usually, it's by leveraging their emotions and things that are disturbing in order to grab their attention. You think that the news wakes up every morning thinking that uh, they're going to elevate humanity? I agree. Individual journalists maybe start that way, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, and they want to benefit humanity and share the suffering of circumstance so that they can raise the issue amongst people so that change can occur. That's for sure there. Human beings generally are good, are good people. But why is it that every newscast always shows as much misery as possible? Why do they have to show murder after murder? Why do they have to show gunshot after gunshot? Why do they have to show accident after accident? Because blood cells, violence cells, disturbing images cells. That's how they keep people's attention. So are, have, they really, have we really freed humanity or have we really bound humanity in another way? When people make decisions about what clothes they're going to wear, do you think they make independent free decisions based on themselves individually? No, because then you would see people walking around dressed like Shakespeare. You don't see anybody walking around dressed like Shakespeare. You see everybody walking around dressed like their neighbor because they're bound. They're bound by common norms. They're bound by today's fashion. They're bound by the fact that they have, were, you know, there are the, influencers out there who have basically been paid by a company to wear clothing in a certain way, to wear a certain type of design, to make their jeans wider or more narrow at the bottom, depending on what's the opposite fashion. So these influencers are paid money so that they can enslave, in a way, I'm not saying it's a physical enslavement, but so that they can enslave people to act and behave in a way that eventually is driven by profits. That's the eventual, that's the, that's the bottom line motivation of how the society functions. So yes, all of these different societies will claim different types of freedom, but in the end, those freedoms aren't real. Those freedoms are framed in a way that appears to be real. Those freedoms are framed in a way that appear to be real, but, in the, but actually what they are, are enslavement to human beings' desires. And that's exactly what happens. I mean, when we're being advertised certain types of food, when we're being advertised certain types of clothing, when we're being advertised certain types of um, detergent, they're sending an image into our mind that's, ta that's playing on what we believe to be the norm, what we believe we can ach achieve. If I happen to use a certain detergent, I'll be smiling more. If I happen to use a certain detergent, all my, ha all my family will be hugging each other. It's not real. It's not, it's not freedom. It's just another type of enslavement. So there is no escaping that. Go through the his hum human history. Look at feudalism. All of you had to study feudalism, that painful European history <laughs> chapter that everybody has to read, or AP European history text that everybody had to read. And, you know, feudalism is just another way by which they claimed freedom. Like, okay, you're not technically a slave, but you're going to be free, but you have to work in this certain paradigm, right? Which maybe you could call that same thing. We, have, we live in a feudalistic type of society in the sense that we're bound by our desires, Right? I have to drive a certain car, I have to wear certain clothing, I have to have a certain type of shoe, I have to have a certain, um, I have to keep up with the Joneses. 
and then essentially fine i'm not bound by some sort of uh you know fiefdom but instead i'm bound by now i have to go and get a job that's going to support all of my desires so in the end what are we what are we servants to we're servants to our desires which are leveraged by the society which essentially then we call that freedom but it's not really freedom yes you have the freedom to say what you think and you have the freedom to read what you want and you have the freedom to watch netflix all day but in the end they also are enslaving you in some way or another so in the so one important thing to appreciate is that yes we apparently live in a in, in today's modern society which is claiming all of this you know enlightenment that has occurred over the last 2 300 years but the reality is is that everyone in the end will be bound in some way or another there is no escape now that's one option option one is that we're bound by you look at the human history you're either bound by some other person or you're bound by we're bound by our desires or we're bound by you know vassals in a manor in some sort of fiefdom or uh, you'll come up with over and over again something else we're bound by tv we're bound by netflix we're bound by facebook we're bound by something that's option a you can change the names but in the end there's always some degree of binding option b which is basically what what, what the prophets came to teach option b is that you recognize that rather than being enslaved by our desires rather than being enslaved by other people rather than being enslaved by the corporations or the dominant uh, organization of the day instead we should be enslaved to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that's the other option there's no third option there's a vacuum human beings i mean yes a man sitting in an ivory tower philosophizing can come up with all these ideas about what freedom means but that's not the way human beings work that's not the way human beings work that's how one philosopher in an ivory tower works but human beings don't human beings have a herd mentality human beings feel the need to be attached to something human beings are driven by the circumstances in which they're surrounded so you have an option option a is that we are bound by our desires i have to eat all the time i have to reproduce so i'm going to chase what i want to chase i'm going to eat what i want to eat i'm going to go where i want to go i need to get the biggest giggle i need to get the biggest laugh i need to have the most fun i need to constantly be entertained because my desires never end so i become a servant to those desires that's option a option b is that i learn to subjugate myself to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala i take myself out of this box of creation i don't bind myself to anything in the created world i bind myself to the creator of the entire world and the beauty of this is that in the end the submission to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala actually is freedom of humanity that's the actual true freedom if we want to talk about you know we talk about liberalism liberalism liberates correct like i can have liberal thinking because it liberates me i can go off and do what i want i can say what i want i can dress how i want i can get go where i want but it's actually not liberty there's no liberty in that there is just merely another layer of enslavement the different type of enslavement it's an enslavement to corporations to capitalism to communism whatever it might be put an ism and then you become enslaved to it or we can understand and appreciate that it's actually by submitting to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that i actually gain my liberty because the deen teaches me 
to not pursue my desires. The dean, the dean teaches me to quench my desires, to, to not succumb to my desires. It teaches me to fast and eat. It teaches me to pray and play. It teaches me to, to, to consume and share. That balance is very, very intricate. It's, it's, not some, you know, it's not a bunch of human beings sitting in a university somewhere thinking that they're, you know, because their minds have come up with some new idea that somehow they become enlightened all of a sudden. All of human history was sitting in darkness and all of a sudden some group of people sitting, you know, eating certain types of food and looking at certain types of art have become enlightened and now can, you know, think themselves above the rest of the world and subjugate the rest of the world. By the way, that's the history of the enlightenment. Go and read any history. I mean, we paint it so perfectly because we only look at some very narrow perspective of, oh, look at the last five years, look at the last 20 years. Go look at the history of enlightenment. What happened? People became enlightened, and then they begin to think that the white European is above everybody else. So they can run around and they can, quote unquote, scramble for Africa and divide up the whole, con you know, divide up the whole uh, continent into all of these tiny pieces which are controlled by different people, and then they make a million excuses as to why they should control them which leads to scientific racism and all of these other things. I don't want to give a history lecture here, but the point is, I mean, you want to actually look at where the reality of those, what the reality, the reality is and look at the results of what occurred. Go look at the results of what occurred. The only freedom for humanity and for us is to actually submit to Allah. When a person submits to Allah, then all of the biases that they carry become wiped away. There is no color of skin when a person submits to Allah. There is only the goodness of a heart. We're teaching these lessons from 1400 years ago, which now the Enlightenment has somehow come to, and they're trying to clean up the mess that they made. I mean, this whole thing about all this uh, you know, discussion of you know, that everybody needs to be treated equally, we need to respect them. They're just coming up with this now in 10 years. Go look at what the history was for the last hundreds of years. I, we're talking about the, the Prophet is teaching us this, that Allah does not look at you, he looks at your hearts. does not look at your outward exterior image, he looks at your hearts. This is 1,400 years ago. I mean, it's remarkable, remarkable, remarkable that the Prophet is saying these things 1,400 years ago, which we can read today and deem as absolutely relevant to the world in which we live. So that's the reality of, of, of freedom. There's no freedom if everybody can run around and sing and do whatever they want. Because in the end, what ends up happening is those that have more will oppress those that have less. And will come up with an excuse or a reason as to why they're better than the others. But if everybody submits to Allah, which of course never really happens, right? The whole world is never going to submit to Allah. That's not the way it's created. But I'm just saying that if a group of people submit to Allah then so many of the biases that they carried and so many of the weaknesses by which they could have been subjugated become alleviated. Because there's a greater being to whom one should answer to. And the whole notion of desires becomes eliminated and each person is bound in a perfectly balanced meshwork of humanity, which is essentially just called the sharia. Now, I know that's like a taboo word. <laughs> can't use that word today, but that's exactly what that is. So this is the beauty of our deen. Now look, we as human beings living in an ultra uber, uh, you know, liberal free society, we have the option to make any choices we want. No one's going to say a word to us. 
There's no governmental agency that's going to tell us we have to make choice A or choice B, but we should at least see it for what it is. Am I bound by my desires or am I free after I have fulfilled my needs? The Dean teaches us, right? Here are your desires, here are your needs. Fulfill your needs, limit your desires. The Prophet is telling us 1400 years ago that nobody should fill their stomach. 1400 years ago, the Prophet is saying nobody should fill their stomach. And if they have to fill their stomach, the maximum is one third food, one third air, one third water. Right away, this whole issue of being subjugated by our desires gets eliminated. The Prophet in so many examples is teaching us of what it means to be human beings. And that is the ultimate freedom. The ultimate freedom is to free ourselves from our desires, is to free ourselves from seeing anybody else as our Lord, is to free ourselves from seeing anything created as something that we need to subjugate ourselves to. And instead, turning our attention to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, recognizing that He alone is the one that should be worshipped. That creates freedom. Because now I'm not bound in the box, this box of creation that I talked about earlier. I'm not bound in that box. I actually truly become free. Now, then you'll argue with me, well, you're not free. How can you say I'm free when you tell me I have to pray five times a day? How can you say I'm free when you tell me I have to fast 30 days in a month? How can you say I'm free when you tell me I have to pay 2.5% of my wealth? How can you say I'm free when you tell me I can't eat pork and I can't drink alcohol and I can't hang around with people who you know, are lewd and obscene? And I would argue that that is the ultimate freedom. All of that is the ultimate freedom. Because if we don't reset ourselves through prayer, through fasting, through hajj, through sadaqah, we ourselves will become bound by the human nature that's present within us. Actually, what's happening is that there's two extremes. We're human beings. We have the potential to be, um, you know, um, animals, which is what we physically are. And we have the potential to be angelic. Now, we can't be angels, but we can be, quote-unquote, angelic. Freedom doesn't lie in becoming animals and being driven by what we see, what we hear, what we eat, who surrounds us, the ideas that people put in our minds. That's not freedom. That's actually being enslaved by our desires. Or we can, be, we can move to the angelic nature that has been placed in our souls. This is the typical battle, the body and the soul, the nafs and the ruh. Or we, become, we can become angelic, meaning angelic meaning from the uh, world that has been commanded. And what that involves is always going to involve some degree of control upon desire and some degree of organization in worship, which will then allow us to recall who we are, eliminate the animals within us, and elevate our souls. Now the challenge lies with us. The challenge lies with us. The more we let the, internal, the external world into our internal selves, the more we become enslaved. Don't think that it doesn't affect a person when they walk around in the mall and look at all the pictures. Of course it does. Why did they spend the money on the pictures? Are they stupid? You think they're stupid that they spent 10, 15, 20, 30, 50, 60, $100,000 putting up billboards all along the highway when you drive anywhere? No. They, everybody knows. Everybody knows. When you put up sign after sign, sign after sign, sign after sign, people see it. And when people see it, they're affected by it. 
It's just a mechanism. It's calling us to something. It's calling us to worship ourselves. It's calling us to worship our weaknesses, our human weaknesses. There's no uh, altruism in putting up all those billboards all along the highway. There's no altruism in putting commercials between TV shows. There's no altruism in being shown a random advertisement as a person goes through their Facebook stream. The intent is to enslave. The intent is to drive me to do something, to act in some way. So our dean and human beings are just that way. They, don't, they can't escape that. But they choose what they're going to be enslaved to. Do we want to be enslaved to humanity? Do we want to be enslaved to people? Do we want to be enslaved to an idea or a civilization that's made up by another person? Or do we want to be enslaved to the Lord of the universe? That's the option. These are the only two options that exist before us. In this uber-free time of liberalism, which has totally been span- spanned the entire world, there's no freedom. There's no quote-unquote true freedom. There's just massive corporations that bind us and make us work for them. You think that you have the ability, you think you're in some jannah, where your food just comes to you and you're free and you can go do, make any decisions you want? No, you're forced to wake up in the morning, drink a coffee, get forced yourself to get out of bed, go to work, to pay all the bills because of all of the things that you've been told that you need to buy. You're told you need to drive this kind of car. You're told that you need to live this type of lifestyle. You're told that you need to have this type of orange juice. So you have to wait. You got all these bills. You're forced to get up in the morning and you're forced to go work for some massive corporation, which is basically making all of this money off of your labor and paying you pennies on the dollar. I'm not trying to make some sort of draconian (laughs) pronouncement on the world in which we live, but you should see it for what it is. We should see it for what it is. Or, of course, we have to work. We have to participate in society. We have to be human beings and contribute to the, to the culture and to the civilization in which we live. That's all part of our deen. But it should not be driven by our desires. It should not be driven by somebody externally telling us what we need to be, how we need to dress, what we need to wear, what we need to think. It should be driven by a desire to please the one who created us. That's what should be driving us. Yes, we wake up in the morning and we work hard, but we work hard because that's pleasing to Allah when we exhibit excellence and we contribute back to the community around us. Yes, we earn because we, we, we earn, alhamdulillah, decent uh, paychecks, but those paychecks are not for the purpose of fulfilling our desires and just making ourselves into animals. Rather, those paychecks are for us to be able to contribute to the goodness that's present in humanity and for us to be able to share with those who are in need, to support the things that actually matter, to buy ourselves the freedom so that we can do the things that are important to us. It can go on and on and on, but I think the simple summary here, just for today, is that, look, there is no such thing as being free. In that sense, I understand that there's limited freedoms, but there's no sense as being free. Everybody is bound by something. You're bound by an ideology. You're bound by a philosophy. You're bound by a message and a messenger. Everybody has a message and a messenger. You can call that messenger Kant. You can call that messenger Plato or Aristotle, wherever wherever you want to take your message from, but you're bound by a messenger. You're bound by what people tell you, by the ideas that you think, by what your teachers have told you, by what you learn to be societal norms. Those are messengers and messages. We have a messenger. We have a message. The message is la ilaha illallah. That there is nothing that we worship except Allah. 
And the beauty of this statement is that it just first wipes clean all possible types of lords. Meaning there is nothing. La ilaha. La ilaha. La ilaha is atheism. <laughs> we start that way. La ilaha. Eliminate everything. In the law, establish Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then, we do have a messenger. Muhammadur Rasulullah. So now you have a messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Everybody has a message. Everybody has a messenger. Only question is, what's the name of that message? And who is that messenger? Everybody has a Qibla. Only question is, which Qibla is it? You turn towards the Qibla of the Kaaba and submit to Allah, or do you turn in some other direction? You turn towards the clubs, you turn towards the parties, you turn towards uh, you, you know, um, amassing the biggest bank account possible. Everybody has a direction. Nobody's directionless. Everybody's headed towards something. Either we're headed towards our desires or we're headed towards Allah. Everybody has a qibla. It's a great mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we have a message, that we have a messenger, that we have a qibla. These things are not arbitrary. They're not just uh, there you know, for fun and games. They're very purposeful. The sha'ir of Islam, the main, main features of Islam, five pillars, qibla, basic goodness, basic purity, basic tenets of deen. These are sha'ir, these are like clear, clear signs of deen that everybody understands. These are very, very, very powerful and very, very core to any society, to any civilization. So we should be proud of the direction in which we turn. And we should recognize the reality of the you know, statements that are made by the outside world. The outside world wants to critique people of religion, people of deen, saying that, oh, you're not free, you're not liberal, you're not advanced, you're not coming up with new ideas. What are you talking about? Let's want to have a conversation. Let's have a real conversation. Let's talk about what you did yesterday. What drove you to wake up in the morning? You woke up with some sort of freedom to do whatever you want, wherever you want, however you want. That's an ivory tower idea that doesn't exist in the world. That's not how people wake up in the morning. The whole society is running. The whole corp corporate America is running on the fact that people are not free. That people, if we show them enough advertisements, they'll be forced to eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner at our place. If we show them enough advertisements, they'll be forced to buy the toothpaste that we sell. If we show them enough advertisements, they'll think that they have to drink Pepsi to be happy. That's just, it's just another dean. It's just another dean. That's one way. It's a deen. These are little, little idols. These are little, little gods. You have to worship these things. If I do this, I'll be happy. That's called religion. There's no, I got free from religion. I freed myself. I, I unshackled myself from religion. You just unshackled yourself from religion and shackled your own desires. You shackled yourself to corporate America. You shackled yourself to what, you know, Adam Smith preached. He became your messenger. No, there's no freedom. This is the same thing as people coming up and telling me that, oh, I only follow hadith, I only follow Rasulullah, so I send them. As if that's also possible. I don't want to go in that direction right now. But the reality is that there are mechanisms. There are mechanisms that we have. And alhamdulillah, thumma alhamdulillah, this deen frees us. It's actually the most liberating thing. It's actually the most liberal idea. It's the most liberal idea that I won't be bound by my stomach. That I won't be bound by my eyes. That I won't be bound by my ears. That I won't be bound by my private parts. 
that I'll be instead bound by my heart and my soul and a greater goodness. That's, that's the freedom that a person uh, finds in this message with this messenger. They free themselves from dependency. Nobody's dependent in our deen on another person. You're only dependent on Allah. Any person in this room at any moment can seek forgiveness from Allah without any intermediary. Allah will forgive them. Allah will elevate them. Allah will raise them. And they will earn success in this life and the next. There's no communion, going, have to go, going to this person, having to go to that person. We're free from all of that. That's the beauty of this deen. It's the ultimate expression of freedom. It's the ultimate expression of freedom. Yes, there are certain rules, certain regulations, but those rules and regulations are what lead to this ultimate freedom, which protect us. They're actually protections. They protect us from being bound by any other messenger or by any other message. So we should be very particular about the big, big concepts in our deen. And we should be proud to follow those concepts. And we should not feel that somehow it's not modern or it doesn't fit in the world or that it's some sort of inferior thinking. This is just an easy way to confuse people when they, these types of statements are made. Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, it's actually freedom. By, being, by, by committing myself to Allah, I've saved myself from being bound by anything else, including my desires and including any other false lord. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us amongst those who are able to free ourselves from our nafs, and may he make us amongst those who are able to elevate our souls. Wa akhirat da'wana anilhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.